0: This is Perspectives, the show where a conversation about our differences will often show us how much we have in common. I'm Condis Presley. My guest today is Stephanie Nichols. She is a licensed clinical social worker and owner of Mindful Therapy Works here in Metro Atlanta. Now, Stephanie Nichols has been our guest on Perspectives before. She was last here to discuss surviving the holiday blues during a pandemic. I've asked her back as we near the end of the first month of this new year, not for that cliched New Year, New You conversation, but rather to discuss practical goal-setting during unsettling times. Stephanie Nichols, thank you for making yourself available. Welcome back to Perspectives.
1: Sure, you're welcome. I'm so glad to be back. Thank you for having me.
0: So, Stephanie, as I said, 2020 was a dumpster fire, and I don't know if you saw that meme suggesting that all last year did was go home, put on a wig, and come back masquerading (laughs) as 2021. Are we in for a year to be as stressful as last year was? (laughs)
1: <laughs> that meme, I'm, I've seen that meme before, and I, I definitely chuckled when I saw it at first. Uh, I don't think we're in for the same as last year, but I do understand people's sentiments and feelings about 2021. Just putting on a wig and coming coming back to us again. Um, 2021 is starting off similar to how 2020 ended, so that could leave a lot of people feeling discouraged and uncertain, and having the same feeling, same sentiment that they had during 2020. So we hear new year, new you, and you know it's a catchphrase that we all love, but for a lot of us, for many of us, we may not feel that 2021 is a new us, and that is perfectly fine, that's okay.
0: Many individuals in 2021 are beginning the year as they ended 2020. Uh, for those fortunate enough to be in occupations where they are able to work from home, people are working from home, Children are going to school from home. Home is everything, and everyone is so desperate to get out and to be out and to return to some sense of normalcy. But and it's the dead of winter, so it's not really possible. What thoughts do you have for people who are uh, needing new coping mechanisms for getting through? this very, very dark winter, as the new president has called it.
1: Okay, right. Home is everything, and home will continue to be everything. I think first and foremost, we need to be in a thankful mindset and a grateful mindset for those that do have homes um, to be in, for those who do have, you know, Wi-Fi that works, laptops that work, a little section of home that you can make an office. I think we all just need to take a moment and be grateful and be thankful For what we do have, because some people can't even, you know, agree with the phrase that home is everything. So I think that's number one. And um, when we look at the new year, uh, goals always come up as well. And, and this year, I would encourage people not to set serious goals, even if you're goal setting, you know, even if you're not, if you are not to set such serious goals, um, look at goals that may be towards uh, creating more fun, more peace, more family time. And how can you, Kind of entertain yourselves in a different way in 2021. Like, keep it lighthearted if you are going into 2021 with a negative mindset. Some positive some positive and fun goals may be the way to go.
0: Stephanie, some people may be predisposed to having a negative mindset. What are some strategies for turning that around into a more positive mindset and a thankful mindset?
1: Right for people predisposed the number one thing is about recognizing and accepting that okay i'm predisposed to this whether it's a diagnosis that you have whether it is just a learned pattern that's been happening over the years or you know some a lot of patterns are passed down with how we were raised so first is recognizing that you have that negative mindset and the second one is really catching it um, So catching every time you say something to yourself that is not helpful or you think something to yourself that is not helpful. If you don't catch it, you will not be able to change it. So once you catch it, even I would even say write it down, jot, a, uh, jot that negative thought in your phone. And then the third step would be to attack that thought, attack that saying and change it into something positive. So, you know, a negative thought would be, oh, today is going to be an awful day. You know, you catch that thought and then you start reworking that thought. Uh, what about today can be positive? What can I do today to make it better than yesterday? What did not go well yesterday that I can make better today? So if you kind of go through those three mindsets, you know, just recognizing that you are in a negative space or have a negative mindset. Um, secondly, catching it, this is where the hard part goes, comes into play, because a lot of people don't catch and don't challenge those negative thoughts. And so if you can catch it in the moment, write it down, you know, <laughs> screenshot it after you type it up. And then the third step is to really challenge that thought. Um, are you going to accept this thought as true? or Are you going to go ahead and challenge it? um to make it better to turn it around into a positive mindset for you for the day, week, hour, whatever the case may be.
0: Stephanie, does everyone experience self-talk? Yes,
1: everyone experiences self-talk. We talk to ourselves all the time, you know. We may not realize it, but in the car we talk to ourselves. We talk to our computers um when they're not working for us. And it's just, you know, our minds are just going at all times. Our minds are thinking about something. We are humans, we're Kind of wired to just think and you know question and make comments throughout the day, so your mindset could be or your self talk could be could be more on the positive side or more on the negative side, just based on your temperament and your personality
0: and that is something you say that is very normal
1: it is completely normal I mean. You know, we've been doing it since a young age, and it's perfectly fine um there's nothing you know there's nothing wrong with you, like I said, we don't even catch it and um it's just the the, the point is what we're saying, if you're more on the negative side, then that will just affect your mood throughout your whole day. so you have to recognize your own pattern of
0: self-talk. Anyone who watches TV in the beginning of a new year sees the overwhelming number of advertisements that talk about making your body healthier and ways to lose weight. Considering we're in a pandemic, considering we are at home all the time, is it realistic to make weight loss goals at this point of a year?
1: You don't have to make weight loss goals at this point of the year. Um, we always talk about um, goals. They should be smart, so using the acronym: specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-bound. Those are the the words behind the letters. And so, with 2021, it may be attainable for you to lose X amount of pounds, you know, in X amount of time. But is it realistic for where you are now? Is it realistic for the time constraints? Is it realistic for the equipment you may or may not have at your home? Is it realistic for you to attend the classes that you used to attend? Is it realistic for you to get with the groups that you used to work out with? You know, so if you're going to do health and fitness goals, it has to be realistic to the time that we're in now. So you can still do, you know, healthy body goals and whatever that goal is for you, that's okay. But if it's not realistic, you won't achieve it and that will just affect your mood even more. So that's just my mindset with the um, healthy body in 2021.
0: I like that you've reminded the audience of making and setting SMART goals, specific measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-bound. Considering everything that the community has experienced in the last year, it has provided, I would think, time for a reflection. Are major life changes like changing jobs realistic things to consider in a new year after the year people have experienced? Is it
1: realistic? If that is something that you want, if that is something that you can attain, then it is realistic. You know, some people started businesses in 2020. Some people did career changes in 2020. Some people decided to go back to school in 2020. So anything is realistic if you're able to look at the other steps in the, in the smart system. Anything is realistic to achieve, but 2021 should not be the year of. Added pressure, added guilt, added push. There's still a lot going on in the background that's weighing us down. So if that's a goal you want and you feel like you can go through the steps and it's realistic for where we are, I say go for it. But it's just not, this is not the year to just compound stress on top of stress as it relates to career, job growth, and movement.
0: Talk to our audience about relationships and relationship goals.
1: Relationship, relationship goals. Well, you know it depends on the relationship because you know we have friendships are relationships, and like I said earlier, um, this might be a time where you work towards uh, creating lighter goals, like becoming uh, more friendly, reconnecting with uh, old fl- old friends. Excuse me, but um, romantic relationships this is a time for you to see, are you guys growing closer together in this time? Are you guys growing apart during this time? Um, Is there counseling that needs to be, that needs to happen during this time? And um, a lot of things you may see as well with relationship, friendships, family relationships, romantic relationships. Some people may go backwards um, due to boredom or whatever the case may be. Some people may go backwards in pursuing relationships that did not Serve them any good in the past because of what we said loneliness, boredom, isolation. So, do be mindful of uh, the relationships you're trying to cultivate in 2021. Let them be healthy relationships for you, let them be nourishing relationships for you, but definitely not toxic uh, relationships.
0: What are your thoughts about the new ways of dating for people who are not in relationships and would like to date? and want to date safely in the midst of a pandemic.
1: Right, the new ways are pretty much the apps and, you know, the swipe culture that's the new ways that I am aware of at this time and if you want to date, date, you know, if you want to do it safely, just know what is safe for you, know what are boundaries for you, know, you know, what you're willing to do and not do during a pandemic. Um, and go from there but safety is number one it should always be number one for you and just like I said before as time goes on um, is it a healthy relationship and also um, since we're not able to meet in person as much there's more focus on you know talking on the phone maybe texting getting really creative with um, social distance dating things like that so I feel like this is an opportunity to Think outside of the box and spend more time really getting to know someone else um, during this time. So, dating is a, it's possible. You just have to uh, make sure you're doing it in a safe and healthy way according to your own standards and just don't abandon the standards you had uh, pre COVID.
0: What are the tenets of a healthy romantic relationship?
1: Healthy romantic relationship. Needs to be um, communication to me is one big tenant. You have to be able to express your wants, your needs, your likes and dislikes without fear. Um, that's a, a main tenant for me and um, what I tell my clients. And the other tenant I would say are shared values. Um, are you all interested in doing life together somewhat similar? Are you all interested in um, some of the same things or? versus another person as it relates to finances, as it relates to how you spend your free time, as it relates to family, as it relates to um, future goals. So communication, values, and respect um, are the three tenets, I would say, for healthy relationships.
0: For people who have, in this last year of change and isolation, identified perhaps toxic relationships in their lives. What are the steps to leaving those and letting toxic relationships go?
1: Right. The The steps may vary um, from person to person and time-wise may also vary from person to person. I think it's a lot of factors, uh, length of relationship, if you even realize that that relationship is toxic. Um, and you you leave the relationship as soon as you feel that it is not toxic, it is no longer healthy. And you may need to um, elicit support of friends. You may need to elicit support of a therapist. You just need to um, figure, out, figure out, one, that it is a toxic relationship. How do I get myself out of the toxic relationship? And um, what is the timeline? I think with, if you're not safe, if there's any kind of domestic violence or anything like that. You know, um, one should leave sooner than later, but that is easier said than done. And so I think you should always try to seek a professional when trying to leave an extremely toxic or harmful relationship, especially if you feel like you cannot. Um, if you're able to walk away, you know, walk away with just the support of your friends and walk away. But if you feel like something is preventing you from walking away, even though you know it's toxic, then seeking the help of a professional would be my advice.
0: Stephanie Nichols is our guest. She's a licensed clinical social worker and the owner of Mindful Therapy Works in Metro Atlanta. Have you found in the last year with your client base and among your peers in this field that more people are open to making a phone call, reaching out, and talking to a therapist about some of the challenges they may be facing? Right.
1: People are open if they feel, you know, supported. A lot of times, before they pick up the phone, they may ask this friend, they may ask that friend, they may ask family members. And, you know, some people may not support them in pursuing a therapist. And um, the people that come to me have have just worked past it, uh, have worked past it, not being able to get anywhere, talking to friends and family. And then other people don't really, they don't really care what other people think and just make that phone call So, I do think um, the trend is on the rise to seek mental health therapy. And um, I see a lot of first timers um, still in 2020, 2021. And once they go to the first session and they have a good fit with the therapist, they often say, Man, I wish I had this a long time ago. So, um, I think the trend is on the rise. I think more people are speaking about it. And the more you speak about it, you know, you tell your friend, your mom, whoever that you went to therapy, it was great. The more um, you just normalize mental health, you just normalize getting therapy. Um, I think the conversations about it just need to continue.
0: Because you would seek assistance if you fell and broke a bone or if you didn't feel well and made a doctor's appointment, this should be as normal as that. Why hasn't it been to date?
1: Right. I think there's still, you know, a huge stigma that's just around mental health. Um, It's easier to say, oh, I'm not feeling well. I'm going to the doctor's office and oh, I'm not feeling well. I'm going to see my therapist. The stigma is still there. Um, People just um, have bad connotations related to, oh, you're crazy or, oh, what's wrong with you? Oh, oh, I thought you were strong enough to handle this or strong enough to handle that. So you know, people don't like people thinking of them in a negative light or not having it together all the time. Um, so the stigma's there. There's some shame. Um, sometimes people think that something is wrong with them for them to go to therapy, but actually, you know, nothing needs to be wrong with you at all um, for you to go to therapy just to, to check in, to how things are going with your own mental health. Um, and it's just it's just easier to say, oh, I'm going to the physical doctor than I'm going to the Uh, mental health doctor or mental health clinician.
0: Are you finding that there are many reasons to be hopeful and optimistic as we continue to move forward in this new year?
1: I think so. I think there are always reasons to be hopeful and optimistic. It is a new year. Um, You can make 2021 be however you want it to be. Perhaps there were some things that you did not get to in 2020. Um, perhaps there are things you still want to work on, such as spending, you know, more time with the family, creating new new hobbies, um, creating more fun, and just looking at the progress that has been made. Um, some people just get stuck in the past. So if you're kind of stuck on, you know, what 2020 was, it will be hard to move forward um, to make 2021 better. It would be best if you thought about the progress that has been made. And there has been some progress since we last spoke on the phone or last had the interview. So I think, you know, 2021, why not be positive? Why not be hopeful? That's the better way to go.
0: For someone who is thinking about establishing personal mindfulness, self-care uh, practices, what are some of the top three things that you recommend to your clients?
1: Sure. For someone trying to establish a mindfulness uh, practice, and mindfulness is all about being in the moment, um, increased self-compassion, and just exercising or showing non-judgment uh, to yourself and what's going on around you. So if you keep those in mind, I always say to establish your mindfulness practice, um, start by using your five senses. Um, Start by uncovering things in each of those categories that bring you joy. Um, So if you look at the five senses, you know, one of them being sight, you know, what under that sense brings you joy? What do you like looking at? What do you like watching? What do you like, you know, viewing alone or with someone else? And when you get that time to do it, really being present and staying in that moment, um, eliminating distractions, turning off your phone, just being present, uh, I will say, uh, will start your mindfulness practice. So if you can start with creating, I call it a um, coping skills toolkit, using your five senses, if you can just start assembling some things for that toolkit under each sense, um, some things can be what you use at home. Some things may be what you use in the car. Um, when we were going into offices, I would tell people to bring some materials with them to work, but we're, you know, a lot of us are not going into the office, but some still are going into some jobs. So assemble your toolkit. When you get a moment, eliminate distractions and really focus on that sense.
0: What's a good amount of time to do that? Five minutes, two minutes, three minutes, half hour?
1: Oh yeah. It's, it's whatever time that is allotted to you. You know, if you're on a lunch break, you have 30 minutes and I mean, I would like for you to eat on your lunch break. You eat mindfully, you know, just eat your lunch mindfully. Do not um, turn on your phone and mind- mindlessly scroll, like take in every bite, you know, one bite at a time and take in every bite flavor texture And so whether that means you're eating for 20 minutes or five minutes, that is your time. And let's say you're just watching the sunrise and you may just do that for five, 10 minutes. Do that. Um, Let's say you're reading a book and you've allotted 20 minutes to read a book. Set your timer. You know, you might have somewhere to go, somewhere to be, another Zoom call. Set your timer and read your book for 20 minutes, you know, under a blanket. You know, as many senses that you can use at the same time is also better. So same thing. Read your book, you know, have a hot cup of something in your hand under a blanket and let those 20 minutes be intentional while you're using those couple of senses at a time. And when the timer goes off, you go back to what you're doing. So the time really ranges from what is allotted to you and what you can spare.
0: Stephanie Nichols, if there's someone who's listening who wants to know more and would like to make a phone call, how would they connect with you or someone else in your profession? Tell us about Mindful Therapy Works.
1: Sure. They can connect with me um, via email, Stephanie at MindfulTherapyWorks.com. Um, I'm also on Instagram. I could you know get a message from there, too. And my Instagram handle is at MindfulTherapyWorks. My phone number is 770-862-1735. Uh, also, you know, there are therapists you can find on psychologytoday.com. If you want a specific type of therapist, there are plenty of therapists available on that site for you as well. So there are options if you want to see me or someone else.
0: Stephanie Nichols, licensed clinical social worker, owner of Mindful Therapy Works. Again, that telephone number, 770 862 1735 or Stephanie at mindfultherapyworks.com. Appreciate your time. Thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Thank you. Have a great day.
0: Perspectives is a community and public affairs program crafted with you in mind. If there's a guest you'd like to hear interviewed or a perspective you think should be explored, let me know. If you're old school, just write me. 1601 West Peachtree Street, Northeast, Atlanta, Georgia 30309. Or message me via social media. I'm Condis Presley on Facebook, Condo29 on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for listening. Be sure to listen again next week at this very same time as we examine another perspective.